Welcome to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show, created and hosted by Scott Knudsen, to explore the crossroads of horses and business. Now here's your host, Scott Knudsen. Hello and welcome to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. I'm your host, Scott Knutson. Thank you so much for joining us today. Whether you're listening to us on the radio on NBC, our affiliate is KCAA out in California, or watching our, our show, our podcast on one of our many platforms, we appreciate it. And please remember to subscribe to Cowboy Entrepreneur YouTube channel. Thank you so much. Today, we got a special, uh, special friend and a great guest. This is going to be part two. Part one was so interested, we just had to do it again. So uh, a lot of more stories, a lot more detail um, in the life and times of Dale Armstrong. He's the founder and the CEO of the United States Mounted Shooting. Um, Dale, thanks so much for coming back on. Oh, it's great, man. I love doing these shows with you. And it's just a lot of fun. You know, and anytime I get to talk to you, it's, I enjoy doing so. Oh, I do too, man. I really do. And we struck up a friendship pretty quick and we were just in Las Vegas for Cowboy Christmas in the NFR and, um, man, just had a great time filming a bunch. And, um, I think you were on Equus TV with me, or I know you were, and that was fun. And Dr. Anderson and, uh, you know, it, it was a great time. Right. It was that Vegas is just something. If, if you haven't ever been to Vegas, you gotta go. If you're in the Western sports industry, that's where it's all comes together at every year right there in October. Yeah. And it's just, it's amazing. And then it's, it's a right. really fun deal. We got to meet and talk to a lot of people you don't get to see every day. And it was, and we got to do the shows with Dr. Harry, which he's always great to do stuff with. So, and I, I appreciate that. Scott. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And Corey, I mean, he was just there to help us, you know, and it was a good time. I think somebody said um, they were up uh, 40% in Vegas. I believe it because everywhere you went, you were bumping into people. I mean, take you 30 minutes to drive 10 miles across Everywhere. town. It was, it was, it was, it was packed. We went down to Fairmont street and then, uh, it's yeah, exciting. Was, was yeah. pretty, it, it was, there was like eight bands running at one time down there. It was, it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. So I, I love the attention. So let's talk a little bit more about the association and then we'll get into some of the other cool things you've done in your life later in the show. But, so uh, as far as the association, are all the events set up for next year? Are you adding any more to it? They are set up, but we are steadily uh, bringing in new clubs. We uh, Actually, I was on my way to the NFR, to round five of the NFR, and I set a club up in the car on the way there. So that was pretty exciting for us while we were out in Vegas. And then uh, so we, we got more club events that are going to be hitting the schedules and all that. So it's great. That's, that's a great deal. Um, but our major events, they are pretty well set. You know, uh, February, we're going to be in Buckeye, Arizona. March, we'll be in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. And then June, we're back at Lazy E. And uh, they're in Guthrie, Oklahoma. And then uh, new to the to our schedule this year, Decatur, Texas, the NRS Nationals is going to be an amazing vet. That's also our fraternity world finals. And that's going to be in October, Halloween weekend of October of next year. We're really looking forward to that. You know, I don't like to rush the season, but I cannot wait to get to the NRS Nationals there in Decatur. NRS just came on as one of our corporate partners, too, so we can't thank them enough for that. Congratulations, man. I, I love thank that. You. I love how you were, 
the partnership. There were so many people interested in the association, but signing up clubs, that's the other side of this deal. And that that's good too. So um, it's exciting to get people more places to ride more opportunities and, and uh, maybe cut down on the travel a little bit for some of them. It is, you know, and, and that's the key to success with any association, whether it's a, uh, uh, pro rodeo or mounted shooting or any any kind of producer that when you got an association mm-hmm. the more clubs you got that 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 allows people to to uh, compete right in their own backyard and it cuts down like you said on travel expenses and stuff and you know a diesel right. has been very expensive for the last couple of years and and it and that's our key in usms is to get more clubs more states right now we're in 36 states and we're continually adding more uh and and some of our states, we need we we're, we need multiple clubs like Texas. We have five clubs in Texas, which is great. We're also going to be back at San Antonio Stock Show and Rodeo this year. One of my clubs down there, uh, Ashley Kindred is the club president down there. She she puts on the uh, uh, San Antonio Stock Show and Rodeo. And if you've never been to that one, that's that's a lot of fun too. It's, it is packed full of vendors. Uh, it's like a big it is a fair, you know, and and uh, got lots to do for the family and kids and. I mean, that's a big thing about our sport is we're a family-oriented sport as well. You know, it, uh, we have kids all the way up to great-grandparents riding with us. So it's very diversified. I love it, man. I lo- hey, right, right quick, can you give the website and maybe some social media so people can kind of follow you or start looking at everything about the association as the show continues? Right. Um, you can go to our website at usms2020.com. Uh, that's got all of our schedules and everything on there. It's uh, how to join USMS if you're interested. Uh, there's also uh, uh, trainers on, on there, a lot our board members' name and contact numbers on there. Most of them are trainers. So if you're interested in getting involved in mounted shooting, you can reach out to any anybody on that on our website. And uh, myself and my partner, Kenny Pecora, uh, our phone numbers are on there as well and our contact information. And... Uh, and that is my cell phone number. So if if anybody wants to reach out to me, I, if I don't answer, I'll call back. I'm uh, I'm very busy now. I've I've taken another job, and uh, so I've thrown another iron in the fire. But I still take time for for all my people, all the, all my members. They're great people. That's awesome, man. Well, I think you just showed it in a in a, in a car in Vegas signing up another club. So it looks like you, you know that's awesome. Right. Yeah. And we had a car load going and, and most people have never got to see me work. They just kind of see the aftermath of it. And uh, so I was on there, I had them on the speakerphone in the car because Lord knows I didn't know where I was going out there. And uh, so I was talking to the club president and setting them up and telling them how to do everything. And I got off the phone and the, and the whole car was just dead silence. And I looked around. I was like, "What's going on, guys?" And they're like, "That's pretty neat." So yeah, made me feel good. That's awesome, man. I, I love that extra touch you give everybody, man. That's special, mm-hmm. and that's why the group, the association, is growing so fast. And would you mind telling your story again about you know if somebody's kind of hanging around the arena and talking about how they can do mounted shooting, and you give them the opportunity? Oh yeah, I, I'm. I'm world's, uh, I'm kind of famous for that. If somebody comes up to me and says, man, I'd really like to try mounted shooting, I will be the first one to take my gun belt off and hand it to them and say, there's your horse right over there that's pretty good too. So, 
you don't have to have anything to to try mounted shooting. We'll put guns on you. We'll put you on a horse. We'll put you on a horse that matches you, your your skill and your riding level. Because we got horses from beginners all the way up to the to the to the one D to the best riders out there. You know, and that's a I love mounted shooting because yeah. the people are so good and they will help anyone. See, I do too, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get over to San Antonio this year and hopefully some more events. I know we're going to try and work on some things as well, but man, I just can't wait to, uh, you know, when a horse, can you explain what that's like when you watch a per, a great run and the crowd's into it and you know, the horse is loving it and the guns are firing. What's that like that feeling? Well, I tell you what, this year at the world finals at the 2022 world, Aaron Guthrie, I seen something that was absolutely amazing. I, I mean, and it just, it made my skin crawl. Uh, a cowgirl out of Oklahoma, out of Claremore, Oklahoma, her name is Abby Esau. She goes in the arena and she run a 6.846 second run. And that's two long coat 45s navigating a pattern and crossing the timer back across the timer in 6.8 seconds. That was unbelievable. And I was, to see a horse, a rider, and all the mechanics it takes to do mounted shooting, for that to all come together and the stars line up like it did for that for that young girl. And not to mention she's she's kind of dear to my heart. She's like a daughter to me. So it was just it, seeing something that great is just amazing. It's like watching Lane Frost ride for 90. Wow. Well, you know, just getting off your front porch in six seconds is sometimes tough. So, so what <laughs> – what would a normal run like that, like an average run, what would to compare a 6.82? What do most people well, make that in? That particular run, there was actually a, a really great friend of mine out of, out of Carbon Hill, Alabama, Josh Jingle. He, uh, he ran it in 6.9, but he left one hanging out there, so he got a penalty, which, you know, uh, but the next one closest to it was uh, would have been Zane Chun. Out of Fort Smith, Arkansas, he ran a seven-one. You know, and we're talking about the best riders in the world right here. You know, that yeah, they were going head to head, and uh, and then so for like me, I went home. I'll tell you, I went home, put my gun belt on, standing on the ground, wasn't on my horse, and drew my guns and fired them as fast as I could and timed it, and I was seven point one, and I wasn't on a horse. So I couldn't even do it in six, uh, under seven seconds, just standing on the ground. So yeah, but most average wow. people were were right around Thanks. around eight and nine seconds is what the you know your two D and stuff was right around eight and nine seconds. But you know that just shows you how competitive this this wow. this sport has become. You know, I like that because it's so competitive and they're so good, but yet it's easy for new people to get into the sport. You know, it, it doesn't, there's not a ceiling you have to be at to get in. You can get in there and, and start learning from the best and riding with the best. That's right. And you can, you can come right into mountain shooting and you can ride with the best in the world, especially with USMS, because we do a scrambled go order. Uh, we don't put our best riders at the end. We put them in there with the, with the people that are just beginning. So a lot of times you may have some veteran riders mm. sitting right there before you and after you in the go order. So, and we found that these new riders and, and, and a little less experienced riders, they sit there with us and they're like, 
and that you can tell they're nervous. You can see it on their face. You know, they're they're nervously. They're not yeah. sure what they're going to do, and they just start asking questions. And 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 it's good that we're sitting right there with them to answer the questions and kind of guide them. And it, and it and it helps these riders mature so much faster, and and it gets them in the money a lot faster. And so therefore, it helps us grow. And yeah. and and. I know I don't like uh, separation. I don't like uh, I, I don't like division. You know, I, I like for everybody to be together mm-hmm. and for everyone to help mm-hmm. everyone. You know, and in the camaraderie of it, and that's what drew me to rodeo years ago is the camaraderie of just the rodeo atmosphere, and that's what I'm trying to bring to USMS. I love that. And I'm glad you said the fact about the money part too, because the payouts are really, really good. And there's, they're, they're positioned in a way to award success at your level, at your riding level. I love that. It gets everybody in the game and has a chance to make a check. Right. And that's one of the things we talked about out in Vegas, Scott was, you know, we run on the D system, just like professional mm-hmm. barrel racing. Other, We just don't use the, the uh, half second splits. <clears throat> you have to shoot clean. You have to be penalty free to be eligible for payout. And then it, we take the the um, amount of riders that that finish clean on that stage, and we divide it by four, and therein becomes your four Ds. And uh, and and it's progressively pays out. So uh, just like we talked about, where I, you know I said it in Vegas, uh, the four D, the three D, and the two D, they're not meant to be career divisions. You know, they were stepping stones to be the best. That's awesome, man. So so when somebody goes to, say, the San Antonio Rodeo to watch watch the association, watch the mounted shooting, is it the same as it's going to be in Guthrie or the same it's going to be in Arizona, or is each show a little bit different? Well, Scott, um, like, we have so many different patterns. Uh, my association, we have 60 patterns. So you don't ever know what you're going to be running until you get there. And then the atmosphere is always different at every one. Right. San Antonio Stock Show and Rodeo, we probably had uh, 15 of the inner city schools that were there last year watching us. So it, they bring that excitement, the crowd excitement to the show. And that, you know, that changes everything. And uh, But, you know, as far as format and everything, it's going to be the same format you see us run all across the nation. High energy, high output. Everybody giving it all they got. So yeah, San Antonio Stock Show and Rodeo is. I I recommend everyone put it on their bucket list, along with the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo. It's a good good deal too. That's actually my competition. I don't mind feeding my competition because uh, they make me better. I make them better. Right, love that man. I love that. Well, I can't wait till we uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to hear some. Uh, some other stories, maybe from the professional rodeo or professional car racing career, your military, and maybe some horse training stories. Who knows? But um, nice. we'll uh, we'll be right back on the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show with Dale Armstrong. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. Y'all hang on. Scott will be right back with more. Hi, I'm Scott Knutson, host of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Heard on KCAA Fridays, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'd like to talk to you about something I'm very passionate about. Those that know me know I love my coffee. In the morning, afternoon, and even late in the evening, I enjoy a good cup of coffee almost any time of the day. Now, my team at the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show has been working for several months on creating and introducing our own brand of coffee. 
We wanted to make sure that we got it just right. We don't want to put our name on anything unless we're 100% certain that it's the best product available, and we've finally done it. We have created a wonderful line of coffees, 13 fantastic flavors offered in whole bean, ground, and K-cups, any way you like to brew your coffee. Now, each of our coffees carries our brand, the very same brand that we put on our horses, our trailers, and our chaps. So you know that this is a quality product. And we only use 100% Arabica beans, the very best beans available. Just listen to some of these wonderful blends and flavors. Jamaican Me Crazy, Honduran San Marcos, Chocolate Cherry Amaretto, Breakfast Blend, and my very favorite, Haley's Blend. A coffee so good, we named it after my daughter. You can order these coffees today by going online to javacowboy.com. That's javacowboy.com. And if you order today, you can get an extra 10% off your final purchase just by entering the promo code COWBOY on checkout. Remember, that's promo code COWBOY for an extra 10% off. Just go to javacowboy.com to order your coffee today. Hello, I'm Scott Knutson, host of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. I want to tell you about a product I've tried and I love, and I feel the Cowboy Entrepreneur audience will as well. It's Rebellious Infusions. Rebellious Infusions, they're little packets of flavor. And you know, it gets hot in South Texas, over 100 degrees every day. And I like my water, but it's water. So I use these infusions, put them in my water. It makes it cold. It's great flavor, zero sugar, zero calories. It's pure energy infusions, rebellious infusions. Go to drinkrebellious.com or on all social media platforms, Drink Rebellious. Welcome back to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. I'm your host, Scott Knutson, here with Dale Armstrong, the founder and CEO of the United States Mounted Shooting. So, so Dale, we've been talking about the association for a little bit. We've talked some rodeo, um, but let's jump into professional race car driving. That's just a cool deal in itself. So how'd you get started doing that? Well, actually, it's a pretty funny story. Uh, I, was, uh, I was young. I was probably <laughs> 23 years old. And uh, a buddy of mine was racing, and I kept going out to his shop, hanging around. I'd go help him with his car some, and and uh, so anyway, a car come up available for sale, and he said, "Hey man, I know where there's a car for sale. Turnkey, ready to go." And I said, "Man, I don't know. I said I don't know if I can, you know, I don't know if I can get that past my wife at, at the time." And uh, he said, "Well, look, he said, look, just put my number on it. I'll say it's my car." And then you just show up at the racetrack and drive. I said, okay. So that's what we did. I went and bought this race car and uh, we brought it in, brought it to his shop, put his number on it, it lettered it up just like it was his race car. And actually I owned it. And uh, we go to the racetrack. Well, I've never sat in a race car in my life, you know, and I was like, okay, this looks fun. I've been watching it my whole life. So now what do I do? He said, look, just go real fast and turn left. And I was like, okay, I can do that. So <laughs> go out there. that's all you need to know. Right. So I go out there on the very first, the very first race and, and the green flag drops and I just put it to the floor. You know, I, you've been, I was watching NASCAR since I was a little kid. I was like, you know, you just go real fast. So I went down the front straight away, got to the first turn. Yeah, he didn't say anything about letting off. I didn't let off, and I drove her straight into the wall head on. So, yeah, that was my very first race car experience right there. 
So. Oh man, did it mess? Okay, so did it mess up the car? It did, and uh, I, I'm gonna tell you this whole story. It's it's pretty quick too. Uh, so we tore the car up, of course, and uh, I, we come in and uh, I tore up some upper and lower control arms, tore the front end up a little bit, knocked the radiator out of it. So we take it home. Uh, we come back the next week. Well. My buddy coached me a little bit better the next week. He, he told me what a brake pedal was used for. So I used the brake a little bit the next week. So I go out there in the, in the heat race, and I run third in my heat. Second time I ever in a car, run third in the heat. So that put me on the third row inside for the, for the main event. So we go out there for the main event that night, and they drop the green flag. When we come off a of turn four, go up one lap, in one lap, now I'm leading this. Second time ever driving a race car. And I'm leading the race. And we go down through there, and I'm leading it and leading it. And I was like, this race is, it felt like it, it was like a 12-lap race. And I was like, it felt like I was running 100 laps. Because I was like, please throw the checkered flag before something breaks on this raggedy car, you know. And and we was running down through there, and the transmission just gutted. And I didn't get to finish. And so I pull off the racetrack, we go in there, and uh, we load the car up, we go home, put a new transmission in it, go back the next week. Uh, I started dead last in my heat race. I went from dead last, which there was eight in the heat. I started eighth in the heat. I won the heat, come in, started on the pole of the feature, and lapped everything up to fourth place in the feature that night. So uh, my third race ever in a race car i won the heat and feature and got my picture made on the front straightaway pretty awesome isn't that crazy that's awesome man that's really cool so so did, how did you progress throughout your racing career well i raced uh locally there for a couple of years and uh you know get my feet wet and uh started out with in some what back then they called limited late models uh it was pretty much a uh for a late it was a tubular chassis car with a with a uh, 72 Chevelle front end on it. And uh, so I run them cars for a couple of years. And then I decided that, you know, it was I was ready to go on the road with it. So I bought a USMTS modified, uh, which is United States uh, modified touring mm -hmm. series. They mm -hmm. run all over the country. And uh, so I bought a hauler, bought a car, bought some engines. And I was like, all right, we're going to do this. So I took out, struck out on the road, done some racing on the road, uh, done some racing all over Arkansas, learned how to drive on different track surfaces. And uh, we did really good with that. I raced them for about uh, seven years or so. And then uh, it got to where I wanted more speed. They weren't fast enough for me anymore. And um, so I moved up to what they call a super late model, which is uh, I ran with the Comp Cam Lucas Oil uh, series which is uh you know scott bloomquist billy oh, moyer um all of them guys we i run with all them you know uh jack sullivan all of them and we run with them and uh and i actually ran with them until i finished my career and uh <clears throat> just yeah i got a little too old for for it my you know and uh i had a bad wreck it took me out of the race cars and uh kind of messed my eyes up uh, on the back, uh, the uh, car flipped end over end, and every time it hit the ground, 
it landed on the top of the cage and it collapsed my cage and and uh rattled my head pretty good and messed up my eyes and so that ended my driving career as a as a race car driver and uh you got to have great reflexes so when you're going 170 miles an hour you know it it don't take much and then you're just completely out of control and and my little girl my daughter at the time samantha she she come out on the track and she begged me not to ever get in another one. So I didn't do it, you know, and I don't regret it. I had a great time. There's a lot of people that sit up in them stands every night. And they just, they, I've, I used to go up in the stands and sign autographs and stuff. And, and the, uh, and I, I sat down next to this old man one time. We wasn't old man. He was a middle-aged guy. And, uh, he said, you know what? He said, I would give anything to make one lap in your race car. And I was like, you know, I get it, you know. And when I went, when I got in the hauler that night to go, when they were hauling us out of there and going to the next race, and I thought about that, and I was like, you know what, I am very blessed. I get to do this day in and day out, and that guy would just like to make one lap, you know. And so, you know, I don't regret anything I ever did in a race car. And I don't regret the fans, any of that. I, 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 that's why I try to interact with them just like I do with the rodeo stuff. And, and uh, you know, and I wish I could – I knew that guy. I wish I would have gave him a ride in my car before I quit. But, because that, that stuck with me until I ended my career. Yeah. Wow. That's so special. It's like he was put there to tell you to appreciate every moment you're going to have in this. So you do know, you it, think it, rodeo helped you? Um, to answer your question about – do I think rodeo helped me with the racing? I think as a young boy, yeah, yeah. Um, I was thrown into rodeo and uh, thrown into horses and thrown into stuff that that most young kids nowadays they don't get to see like we did. You know, we're a different generation. They kind of they kind of mm-hmm. raised us a little tougher than they do nowadays, and uh, and I think the yeah. By them doing raising me the way they did and taking all the fear out of me, it just allowed me to to open up and and drive them cars right out on the ragged edge, not afraid of of getting hurt or dying. And and you know, everybody knows of the the, uh, the sacrifice that you make when you crawl down in a bucket chute, and they dug. I'm sure know the sacrifice you make when you crawl through the window of a 900 horsepower race car and put a helmet on. That's why they put five point harnesses in them cars. Yeah. Yeah. It's dangerous. It's dangerous for sure. For sure. Do you, do you see doing racing cars and putting up some sponsors around your car eventually and getting on the road and turning that into your brand? Do you kind of see some of how that's helped you with the association with the mounted shooting, putting the, the partners around with you and helping you get on the road doing that? Yeah, Scott, absolutely it has helped. You know, all the stuff, the PR stuff I did with with my race cars, it has helped me um, talk. It's, now, it's a whole different kind of PR uh, from racing to sure. rodeo. Uh, of course, it's different partners. It's different sponsorship. But the way you talk to them is the exact same. You know, it's when I go talk to uh, Sancher Wrangler or somebody like that, it's no different than me talking to Penzoil or or Budweiser or somebody like that. It's no different. I mean, it's just I talk to them the same way. I'm gonna sell instead of me selling Dale Armstrong, the driver. I'm selling USMS. You know, I'm not, it's not selling me anymore. Now I'm selling my right. company. So uh, 
and that's so yeah it helped a lot being a being on the road racing and the, all the sponsorship that it took to do that is and, and the sponsorship it took to do racing is a is far more intensive than it is in rodeo i mean uh, uh racing is a is a very much spectator sport and i mean the Every place you go to where there's professional dirt racing there, you're going to have 10,000 plus people in the stands every time. So, yeah, it's it's a different kind of selling, but it's still a, in the, on the same token. It's, it's the same. Yeah. It, it, you know, I would assume it's like being an entrepreneur. That's exactly what you are, whether you're rodeoing or running cars. You're just an entrepreneur. And that's why I call the show Cowboy Entrepreneur. There's so many businesses within the business. And you have done them at different levels in different different sports. Now you have the opportunity to pull, and I think that's really cool. And I, I think it's good for the participants in the association too, in the mounted shooting to to see what it's like to have those kind of sponsors around you and have those kind of big events like your World Finals, um, where you kind of pull some from different events that you've been a part of. Absolutely, you know um, the the biggest difference whenever I was racing is, is I was trying to get sponsorship to pay for my race team and pay my bills and pay for the cars and stuff. And now whenever I go after sponsorship for for USMS, uh, I'm actually passing that on to my customers, to my members. And uh, and it's so we can do bigger shows, bigger payouts. And it's it's uh, I'm passing it on instead of me keeping it and using it for for my needs i'm actually doing it for the company and it makes me feel good to produce big events that people enjoy there's nothing more i like to see at the end of the event and everybody smiling like coyote and yellow jackets love it <laughs> i love it man i love well it just makes it so much fun and then they you know they spread the show for sure they tell everybody how great it is but but you're allowing them to make money. We talked about it in the first segment. You know, when somebody gets out there and rides and makes a check and pays some expense and puts a little bit in their pocket, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. And and, and you know how expensive it is going up and down the road and, and uh, make a check, have some fun. Um, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And it's kind of neat that your racing career, your horse, your uh, car racing career has helped funnel that. Right. The, the car racing um it just gave me a set of skills that I can use for this, you know, and, uh, it, it taught me. And when I was, I was younger, when I raced too. So now I'm wiser and not as quick tempered or anything like I used to be. And I'm a lot more forgiving now. And so I taught a lot, it taught me a lot of skills from now that I got to, and I've got to fine tune mm-hmm. skills over the years. And it's uh, it's been very beneficial for, for USMS. It's awesome. So do you have a favorite race car driver or team that you follow now? Are you even following? Uh, man, I'm going to be honest with you. When I quit racing, I literally went through my phone and deleted everything racing. And um, I took all my contacts and everything as far as all my the drivers that I used to talk to on a daily basis and stuff. You know, they all knew that they race car drivers know the deal. When you retire, they know the deal. You don't have to say anything, you know. And uh, and I told them, I, you know, and the reason I went through and deleted and just wiped my past out other than all the memorabilia and everything that and all the trophies and stuff is just 
if I'm around one of them things, I would climb back in one tomorrow and I have no business in a, in a race car anymore. That's the reason I just kind of got away from it. Yeah. Cold Turkey. Just, <laughs> you know, but it, 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 it's neat that you appreciate it so much. You know, sometimes it's either or some people that leave an event or something they dedicated some part of their life to, they want all the way out, but you're doing it for another reason. So you don't come back in. But but right. I love the passion you're putting into the association, right. you know, and I think that's that's awesome for sure. Yes, sir. It's just I don't dislike racing. I, I love it. I love racing just as much as I do climbing on a good horse and going out and performing in an arena. It's just I don't I know whenever you got you have to know when you've hit your limit and uh, if as far as self-preservation mm -hmm. and I hit my, I hit my limit in uh, professional race cars. And uh, so I, I don't regret it a bit. That one man told me, you know, that one man telling me he wished he could make one lap in there and I got to do it for 15 years. So I have to smile and, and awesome. thank everyone that helped me along the way. You yeah. know, uh, Tip your hat. I had some, that's right. I had some amazing sponsors along the way and, and they all helped me live my dream with that. And now I have another good set of sponsors that's helping us live our dream with this with this new venture. And it's, it's pretty awesome. Such a blessing, man. Such a blessing. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and, and we'll come right back on the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. And we're going to hear uh, about your military service and, and uh, hear some stories. And, uh, and it, it, once again, I think in part one, we talked about your your brand, the USMC, the brand for the mounted shooting, how it's special with the flag. And we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. So we'll be right back on the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show with Dale Armstrong. Thank you for listening to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Scott will be right back with more. For more information on Scott Knudsen, the Cowboy Entrepreneur, visit us online at cowboyentrepreneur.com. Hi, I'm Scott Knudsen, host of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Heard on KCAA, Fridays, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'd like to talk to you about something I'm very passionate about. Those that know me know I love my coffee. In the morning, afternoon, and even late in the evening, I enjoy a good cup of coffee almost any time of the day. Now, my team at the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show has been working for several months on creating and introducing our own brand of coffee. We wanted to make sure that we got it just right. We don't want to put our name on anything unless we're 100% certain that it's the best product available, and we've finally done it. We have created a wonderful line of coffees, 13 fantastic flavors offered in whole bean, ground, and K-cups, any way you like to brew your coffee. Now, each of our coffees carries our brand, the very same brand that we put on our horses, our trailers, and our chaps. So you know that this is a quality product. And we only use 100% Arabica beans, the very best beans available. Just listen to some of these wonderful blends and flavors. Jamaican Me Crazy, Honduran San Marcos, Chocolate Cherry Amaretto, Breakfast Blend, and my very favorite, Haley's Blend. A coffee so good, we named it after my daughter. You can order these coffees today by going online to javacowboy.com. That's javacowboy.com. And if you order today, you can get an extra 10% off your final purchase just by entering the promo code COWBOY on checkout. Remember, that's promo code COWBOY for an extra 10% off. Just go to javacowboy.com to order your coffee today.
Hello, I'm Scott Knutson, host of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. I want to tell you about a product I've tried and I love, and I feel the Cowboy Entrepreneur audience will as well. It's Rebellious Infusions. Rebellious Infusions, they're little packets of flavor. And you know, it gets hot in South Texas, over 100 degrees every day. And I like my water, but it's water. So I use these infusions, put them in my water. It makes it cold. It's great flavor, zero sugar, zero calories. It's pure energy infusions, rebellious infusions. Go to drinkrebellious.com or on all social media platforms. Drink Rebellious. Welcome back to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. I'm your host, Scott Knutson, here with Dale Armstrong, the founder and CEO of United States Mounted Shooting. And please remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Cowboy Entrepreneur, and to follow and look up United States Mounted Shooting, uh, USMS, and uh, see all the good things that are coming up for 2023 and on. And uh, so, Dale, uh, first, thank you so much for your military service and uh I really wanted to make sure we spent a little, little enough time on your uh, military service and hearing some of the, what you went through in your stories and also your brand uh, for for the mounted shooting that's special as well. Would you mind telling a little bit about the brand and let's go into the military service part? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I actually this is a I'm not wearing my brand today. This is where I, I actually have a new job now and uh, I'm the new GM at Longhorn mm -hmm. Arena in, in Missouri. Right. I'm actually I, I'm actually at work right now, so uh, we're doing this at, while I'm at work. But anyway, yeah, the United States Mounted Shooting, that's where I come up with the name because uh, I wanted to incorporate our flag. I'm a proud veteran, proud patriot. You know, I, I uh, it's hard for me to introduce the flag at our events. A lot of times when I'm announcing at events, it's hard for me to introduce the flag because I get so wrapped up and just intense over the things that have happened in our nation and the things that really make my blood boil. And, the, and the, you know, I, you know, for me to put on a uniform and for my friends to have died for this country and, and for me to see them die. And, uh, it's, uh, it, that flag means a lot to me. So the red, white, and blue, the stars and stripes, so mm -hmm. glory, you know, uh, you know, it's a, it's a big deal for Dale. You know, and, and that's the reason I wanted my company to uh, to incorporate the flag. And that's where United States Mounted Shooting come about. And it's all it's kind of funny when I've come up with that name. I Googled it and at USMS is the United States Marshal Service. So I couldn't use USMS.com because it was U.S. Mm. Marshal Service. Uh, but they let me. Uh, wow. I, wow. Yeah. So that's. uh but that's how the that's how the logo come about. And a guy out of Tennessee, his name is uh, uh, Chris. He I put a deal out said anyone that can make me a marketable logo, uh, I'll give you a free entry to my first finals. He come up with that logo within ten minutes. He called and I just got on the website and said I got on social media and I said, hey guys, the competition's over because Chris Hunley just knocked it out of the park and that's the logo we use today. So it's, it's awesome. I, I love it, man. I love it. They need to go to the website, check it out. It's really a cool with the flag and the way it's in there. So, so let's talk about your military. So how did you, did you know from a small kid that I want to be in the military or how did you, what reasoning did you to join the military and what branch? Well, no. And uh, this is going to hit on a couple of subjects. Excuse me. I uh, fix this microphone. 
but uh the um so i w- i got recruited to play football and uh out of straight out of high school so i went to do that went ended up getting hurt so ended my football career with a with a knee injury and at that time i was like okay now what are you going to do so i was like and my brother he was in the air force so I was like, well, you know what, you know, I, I get a, a place to stay and some three three meals a day. I just joined the military, so I went and joined the Air Force. Uh, I took the the uh, I think it's called the ASVAB test. I went and took the ASVAB test and tested very well in the mechanic side and uh, and electronics and stuff. So they actually gave me the same job my brother had. So we were both uh, crew chiefs on F-16s. So wow. I got, oh, so off I go to the Air Force and uh, basic training uh, to a day football practice was a million times worse than basic training. Basic training in the Air Force is not hard at all. I, I, I was actually kind of disappointed because I was expecting, you know, I was just come out of college football. You know, I was in good shape. I just got my knee fixed, everything. And, and actually, you know, when they did my, and this is funny, I I hope I don't get in trouble for it, but um, when they, you know, they strip you all the way down. Oh, we won't tell physical. one, Dale. Yeah, they strip you down. They do a physical on you to uh, join the military, and uh, I had a big scar across my leg, and they was like, hey, what happened to your leg? I was like, oh, I ran a chainsaw across it, and they believed it, so, and that wasn't even close to the truth, but, <laughs> so, I got <laughs> go in the military I go through basic training and I did not realize the uh, extensive training it takes to work on them fighter jets so I was actually in school for 18 months my and of my military the first part of my military career 18 months of it I was just in school and uh, and I hated school and wow. but uh, but you they want you to know everything about that plane from tip to tip you know, both ways. And, uh, and, uh, and, and they do in the U S government does a great job of teaching that they got great instructors and, and, and the, you know, so got out of, uh, got out of there. Uh, that was in, um, uh, Wichita Falls, Texas, where I did my training at left there, went to Phoenix, Arizona, uh, for live training. Uh, did some training out there in Phoenix, lived out there in the desert. And, and, uh, that's where I experienced my first sandstorm. Wasn't good. Uh, and then left Phoenix and went to, uh, Shaw Air Force Base in Sumter, South Carolina, where I was actually stationed out of the 79th Fighter Squadron. Um, and somehow the transition between live training in Phoenix, Arizona to Sumter, South Carolina, the U.S. government decided that they were going to switch engines on the F-16. So we go from a Pratt, we go from the Pratt and Whitney 147 to the GE 159. Well, so I was one of the very few that was trained on the 159. So when I land in South Carolina, there's not a 159 on the, on the runway. Nowhere on the tarmac. There's nothing. They don't even have any. So I'm there for a week 
and these new planes start hitting the ground. And not only is Sumter, South Carolina, uh, Shaw Air Force Base, was it not, it was also the fourth fighter wing, which means there's a four-star general on the on the base. So we got all new jets the first month I was there. Well, they were all GE-159s. Well, I was the only crew chief on the place that knew how to work on a GE-159. So then I go in and have to start teaching classes. And I'm not a good teacher. I get frustrated really fast. And so anyway, I got through that. And man, the military was awesome. Uh, I traveled everywhere. Everywhere that jet fighter jet went, I went. You know, it's we got to travel all over several different countries, South Japan, Kunsan, Korea, uh, Frankfurt, Germany. Um, actually had a plane go down in uh, in Ireland. And I got to spend two weeks in Ireland, which is a blur. I'm just going to be truthful about that. We spent two weeks there waiting on one part, and we stayed in the bar the whole time. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> and then we, uh, and then comes the part of my career that uh, took me out of the Air Force. And uh, is mm. we were home, and uh, we had got sent to Las Vegas, Nevada, and. Uh, out to Nellis Air Force Base, and that's actually where they do live missile and bombing training. Is in uh, is out in in Nevada, out in the desert, and uh, they were prepping us for for Saudi Arabia, but not telling us that. So we get home from uh, from Nellis, out in Las Vegas, and we. We were there for just a little bit, and we got our papers that we were headed to Dharan, Saudi Arabia. So we load up. Mm-hmm. We head to we uh, we deploy out. We were there. We were at the end of our hitch there, and uh, we were right at the end of it. And um, uh, this was in June of '96, and um, we got attacked by a terrorist by Al Qaeda. They um they tried to bring a tanker truck onto our base and um, they were two hours late. So the United States Marines uh, refused entry. They wouldn't let them on the base. Well, it was a very poor design um, the way the base was laid out. So they just drove the tr- the the uh, tanker uh, full of fuel around the perimeter of the of uh, the compound and parked it right against the fence, which was about 20 feet away from my dorms. And uh, they uh, it ended up having 500 pounds of C4 inside the tanker full of fuel, uh, created a crater, crater mm-hmm. 35 foot deep and about 175 foot wide. And in the process, it tore high, it ripped the whole side off of our dorms and killed 13 of my buddies. And uh, I happened to be in there when all this went down, and and uh, I got spared, you know, and and uh, come out of there. I actually uh, uh, got blown into a refrigerator, and um, the refrigerator fell over. Debris fell on top of the refrigerator. It's pretty much saved my life. And uh, when I come out of that, I couldn't hear anything, nothing, and uh, was stumbling my way around. And I uh, felt the wall, was walking along, and uh, 
And all of a sudden, a big bright light hit me, and so I just stopped. And I was like, oh, you know, what's going on? I thought we had been hit by missiles. I thought we were under attack is what I thought. And um, mm-hmm. so I just stopped, bright light, hit my eyes. And um, and I'm glad I did because one more step, and I'd have fell seven stories to the to my death right there. And uh, and I realized that the building oh, was gone. And uh, and then I got to looking for my buddies, and they were all um, – <clears throat> They were all deceased, all of them that was in there with me, and uh, they were all in pretty bad shape, and we started evacuations. And I came home from there, and uh, that was the end of my career in the United States Air Force. Oh, man. Well, thank you for your service and telling that story. And, you know, for people that have never witnessed that or been through that, like you, like you went through, it's just it's hard to understand or comprehend. You know, that one light, you say 70, 70 feet or seven stories. That's that's hard to fathom for someone that's not to see that, that drop off or to see the 30 foot crater that or how deep it was. That's three and a half stories deep. Right. It's just that's uh, amazing that power. And that's the deal. You can go to uh, you can Google Cobalt Towers uh, bombing June of 96. And you can see a picture of of my dorm right there, and it and it tells you the thirteen men that that died in my fighter squadron, the seventy ninth fighter squadron. You can it tells in there, and uh, <clears throat> that movie, The Kingdom, was actually written off of that that uh, that terrorist attack. So oh wow, it, it was a it was a it was an experience, Scott. Something that you know I. Hope I never have to go through again. I really wouldn't, and never would wish it on anyone else. But it, 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 it's what just part of my life, you know. Mm-hmm. Got to I cheated death uh, once again, and uh, just kind of been chasing, yeah. uh, been chasing that one pretty much my whole life. Wow. Well, you know, you go from your football, playing college football, and then your knee, you know, something happens, so it takes you to your next event. There's a military, then this happens, and then it's car racing, and then the car flips, and now you're, you know, the the, the U.S. mounted shooting, and you're making it good for other people to get to live their dreams and be a professional horse person at, competing in it. So it just shows you every time you get knocked down, you just come back stronger and better, and 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 uh, it's encouraging for people to watch. That's why I couldn't wait to do part two. I know people are going to love it, and the stories are great, but underneath those stories, there's a message just not to give up. It's that's a big big deal right there. I tell people all the time, never give up. I don't care how hard you get hit, just get back up yeah. and go back at it again. You know that the only thing that's going to keep you down is yourself. And if you know, and, and it comes and that goes to performance yeah, in the right. arena to everything. If you don't think you're going to be good, well, you're probably not going to be good. You know, because you're the one that's you're holding yourself back. You know, mm-hmm. if have the confidence go out there do your job do what do what's best for you do what's best for your for your animals do i don't care if you go to work every day and you scoop elephant turds you be the best elephant turd scooper there is you know so just always try to be the best absolutely yeah absolutely well it just makes life better you know it just makes life better and you start doing a better job and it just starts it just starts building momentum to where you want to go and and uh 
you know, get, you know, we're wrapping up the show. I can't believe it's already over. Do you have any words of wisdom for somebody maybe, you know, listening to us on KCAA or watching our podcast on uh, YouTube on channel Cowboy Entrepreneur? Any words of wisdom you can give us um, besides just keep going? My biggest thing is, is, you know, help people out. Try to be a helping hand to people. Um, you know, everybody started somewhere. Love it. I don't care if you're Sam Walton. I don't care if you're, you know, the owner of, if they are the owner of Anheuser-Busch. Y'all started somewhere. And so help people get where they need to be. You know, um, it, it, a lot of times it just takes a little bit of encouragement to help somebody keep moving forward, you know, and, and to, to help them be successful. And success is measured. I, sometimes I think, the success is not measured properly. You know, you can be successful and not be the richest person in the world, you know, and, and that's just, I think a lot of people put money on success and I don't believe that to be true. So it's just, uh, my biggest thing is, is help your fellow, fellow man, you know, because just like the military deal I told you all about, you don't never know your numbers. Everybody has a number attached to them and you don't know when it's going to be up. So try to live your life every day and be the best you can be. <laughs> Absolutely, man. We all have our numbers and, uh, but I appreciate you, man. I appreciate our friendship. I appreciate what you're doing for the industry and, and getting so many new people involved and keeping some of the guys that maybe would have retired some of the ladies, keeping them involved, man. So thanks for what you're doing for the sport, but more importantly, what you did for the country and, and the stories and your friendship. I appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you, Scott. Well, it's been a great uh, friendship in the making right here and, and it's going to just get even better. So I can't wait to spend some time in the booth with you and, and we get to talk about Ryder's life, and that's going to yeah. be a lot of fun. Uh, get you to laughing pretty good. A lot of fun. Yeah, man, we're going to have a great time. Some of the events will be together next year, and, oh, man, it's going to be a hoot, man. It's going to be so much fun, and, and we'll make sure everybody knows about it and, and uh, laugh along with us. That's right. All right, man. Well, thank you, Dale, and thank you, everyone, for watching and listening to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Thank you to all the great sponsors of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. If you or your business is interested in being a sponsor of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show, please call our office at 830-992-1786 or visit our website, cowboyentrepreneur.com.